Well, family, this morning I have the honor. Uh, one of my friends, Pastor Scott Williams, is in the house. Scott is he's not just a friend, he's a mentor in my life. I've known Scott for 12 years. Uh, he coaches churches all, all over the world. He's an author, he's a he's a he's preaches all over the world. He coaches corporate world. He does so many things. God has blessed him. Now, he's a preacher, so you're going to fasten your seatbelts. You're going to lean in today. Let me tell you something. Nine o'clock, I have never seen nine o'clock so rowdy and clapping. I thought they were going to start running around you and going nuts. So I'm going to put a challenge out to 11. You got to outdo, I'm oh, sorry, 1045. 1045, you got to outdo nine o'clock for me, okay? You got to outdo them. So I've laid the challenge for you. It's going to be, hey, this is what we do. Stand to our feet. Come on, stand to your feet. We give honor where honor is due. Put your hands together. Let's welcome up Scott Williams. All right, all right. Come on, let's go ahead and start this thing off right. If you know that God is good all the time, let me hear you make some noise. Okay, all right. You know what? You may be seated. I'm not going to lie. At the 9 o'clock, I kind of had to do that twice and kind of challenge him a little bit. I see that 1045 is ready, so we're going to have some fun today. I just drank one of those, uh, those prime energy drinks, and so... Um, I'm just warning you guys in advance, but we're going to have some fun. Let me get this iPad ready. There we go. The reason why I'm so gentle with this, during rehearsals, I was doing sound check, I knocked it over, so I'm trying to, I decide if I was going to go sideways or vertical, so we're just going to pray in the name of Jesus that that thing won't flip over, so it's good. Uh, as Pastor Charlton said, my name is Scott Williams, I bring you greetings from the great state of Oklahoma, the city of Oklahoma City, and it is good to be in the house today. It's good. We want to start by welcoming everybody join us all around the world online. We literally have people who join us all around the world. So glad that you guys are here. As Pastor said, like, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm here to do I just want you guys to know, like, I can't, I'm going to apologize in advance for some of the things that I might say, but I, at the end of the day, it's all going to point towards Jesus. Because here's what I need you guys to know. There's, there's different types of preachers out there. There's some preachers that will, will come and sit behind the podium on the pulpit, and they will softly read the scriptures, and they will enunciate all the words, and they will speak proper vocabulary. I ain't one of those preachers. You know what I'm saying? I'm just, I'm telling y'all right now. It's so like, I'm going to preach, and like, it's okay to talk back when I'm preaching, right? So matter of fact, if I say something that's real good, you can say, man, I needed that. If I say something that's really, really good, you can say, you know what? He needed that. You know what I'm saying? Or she needed that. I'm just going to tell you guys. Anyway, we're going to have some fun. Like I said, I, I, I drank the energy drink, and I'm just going to tell you guys, some people say like either... I talk really fast. I'm going to go ahead and tell you either I talk really fast or you listen really slow. I'll let you decide which one it is. True story. Had a guy come out the last service like, man, I had to turn my hearing aid up in order to be able to keep up with you. So let me go ahead and tell you right now, take those hearing aids. I want you to turn them up and let's get ready. Those you're online, turn your speaker up and we're going to dive into God's word and we're going to have lots of fun today. And the cool thing about being able to go out and preach and speak all around the world is that the cool thing as a preacher, like you get a chance, I get the, all these great introductions and generally when they're, they're doing the introduction, they embellish a little bit. And so like they tell, you know, they say, look, little, you know, nice things about you. And a little bit of my story, I was a pastor at a church called Life Church out of Oklahoma City. Yeah, you can clap for that. I'll just clap for everything right here. I like you guys. You know what I'm saying? A Life Church is the largest church in America. And so like, and Life Church is also the church that invented the Bible app. By show hands, how many of you guys got the Bible app, Bible app, Bible app? Okay, so many of you guys have. And some of you guys still read your Bible. That's all good. It's great. 
but the Bible happened. So one time, we're speaking of these introductions where pastors like to embellish. I remember one time I was speaking in Nigeria. I'm speaking in Nigeria, and the pastor was getting ready to introduce me speaking in Nigeria. Again, I told you I was a campus pastor at Life Church, and he said, we are excited to have Pastor Scott Williams here from America. Uh, Pastor Scott Williams is the pastor of Life Church, the largest church in America. Pastor Scott Williams is the one who invented the Bible app. And so I go and I walk up and I do what any other man of God with integrity would do. I'm like, yo, how y'all enjoying that Bible app? You know what I'm saying? Like, no, but true story, but no, I, I promise, like, we're going to have some fun. I'm excited. Actually, um, a little bit about me. I have, I have two, so oldest son is uh, Scott Wesley Williams Jr. I'll kind of share a picture of him in a little bit, but I have my youngest son, Jaden, here with me today. Jaden is on the front row, and, and Jaden plays, uh, he plays college football in Missouri Western. He's a running back. It's funny, Pastor Charlton was like, he saw him, he's like, man, in Africa, you look like what we call a rhinoceros, right? You know what I'm saying? I'm like, hey, it was a compliment. You know, he got a big bump, like, you know, between the tackles running back. But I just thought that was funny because last time he saw him, we were in uh, Hawaii probably seven or eight years ago. He was like 12. He's, he's grown a lot since then. And I just want to tell you guys this, speaking of that, like your pastor, I've known him for over a decade. And I'm going to tell you, like, they're the real deal. They love the Lord. They love the church. Like, you guys are special and blessed to have the pastors that you have, like, I've seen their journey. They've been key leaders in some of the biggest churches like in America and all that God has done. So you're blessed. And like, and here's the deal, like, and you also sound a whole lot better preaching when you got an accent. You know what I'm saying? Like, like the word of God just sounds a whole lot better. I ain't got one of those accents. You know what I'm saying? But when I do go to South Africa, I have one. And so, so it's fun. And so where we're going to pick up in the text today is that, you know, there's a time in Scripture where John the Baptist, like, he had been kind of doing his thing. And, and I'm going to go ahead and pause a little bit. I'm just making sure, hey, the time for people, you might want to give me my time because if you don't put the real time up there, uh, anyway, we, I'll, I'll preach for two and a half hours. So if I think, I see the clock just, anyway, that's a sidebar note for the, the clock people. See, I'll give me my regular time because I don't want to talk all day. Actually, I do, but I won't. Thank you. There you go. God bless you. So anyway, and so here's what we're going to do. Like, and we talk about, like, at the end of the day, like, John the Baptist, he's doing his thing. Ministry is popping. Translation for the older people, like, it's going really, really well, right? Like, ministry's going really, really well. And so, like, people are starting to follow John the Baptist. He's having success. You know, John the Baptist, he's a cool dude. You know, had a cool style. He dressed kind of cool. And, and people are following him, right? And so people are following John the Baptist. And guess what? He baptizes Jesus, right? He baptizes Jesus in the Jordan. Like, all this thing's going on. Ministry's going. And, and as he's doing it, like, things are really, really popping with his ministry. And so then what happens is, like, you know, people trying to, like, get him caught up. And next thing you know, they throw him in prison. And this is about the time, like, Jesus is doing his thing. He's going back and forth. And Jesus' ministry, like, Jesus goes and fasts for 40 days and 40 nights. And that's when he comes out, and his ministry starts doing really, really well. And so people are seeing these miracles that Jesus is performing, like, He's healing people, and he's turning water into wine, and he's doing all these crazy things. They're like, yo, I, I know we've been following John, but I think we need to follow this guy. I think this really might be this Jesus guy. As a matter of fact, Peter was like, he healed Peter's mother-in-law. And Peter's like, yo, you can heal my mother-in-law? This must be Jesus. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't laugh too hard, fellas. I'm trying to, you know what I'm saying? Like, like moms, it's just a joke. There ain't no father-in-law jokes. I'm sorry. Like, it's all we got. 
And so he's like, all this is happening. So I just want to tell you, like, I got a chance to go to Israel. And, and you think about a bucket list thing to do. Every, I think every believer, if you get a chance, go to the Holy Land because it's, it's the Bible becomes 3D. We got some video. Like when I was there, I just remember all the things I was able to see. I was able to go preach where Jesus preached. I was able to, to go and see things that, that Jesus saw. I was able to experience the things that Jesus saw. Get a chance to be out on the boat in the Sea of Galilee, got a chance to, to get baptized in the Jordan, where all these different things, it's just amazing. It's like the stuff you read becomes tangible. It becomes real life. You can grab a hold of it. It's absolutely amazing. So that's where we're at in the text. All these things are happening, and that's where we're at. Sea of Galilee, back and forth. He heals the mother-in-law. I'm thinking, yo, this just might be this Jesus guy. And some of you guys, like, you've experienced some things. Maybe you haven't seen it in 3D, but you're thinking, you know what? There might be something about this Jesus God that I need to follow. I really feel like that after today's message, that God's going to speak something fresh to your heart, no matter where you are in your walk. And so if you have your Bibles with you, or if you have your smartphone, you can open it up and also be on the screen. Luke 5, and we're going to read verses 1 through 11. And I just want you guys to know, like, I'm just a Bible preacher. Like, I preach the Bible, so I might go around here to get there, but I'm just going to preach the Word of God. So if you have a problem with my preaching, then you have a problem with the Word of God, because I'm just going to teach the Bible. Is it okay that we just teach the Bible today? Come on, is it okay that we just teach the Bible today, right? Because... I really feel like I'm just the mailman here to deliver a package that God has given me for you. But when it comes to this package, it's up to you. It's up to you. It's up to you whether or not and how and if you decide to open it up and to receive it. Here's what the Bible says in verse 1. One day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, you don't understand. We've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, go away from me, Lord. I'm a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on the shore, left everything, and followed him. We could put down our Bibles. We could put down our smartphones. That's really everything that we need to hear. But I really feel like that if you will open your spiritual eyes, you open up your spiritual ears, and you will open up your heart, that God's gonna speak something fresh to you today when it comes to this text. And if we think about like what was happening in this text, what was Jesus saying, I really think there's one word that, that speaks to this text, and the word is simply listen. As a matter of fact, the title of today's message is listen. I want you to turn around to your neighbor right now and say listen. Turn around to your other neighbor, the one that was your second choice. Turn around to your second choice and say, listen. 
For those of you that are married and didn't turn around to your spouse, we have counseling available at the end of the service today. The title is listen. So like, I feel like if it's the word listen, like you got to go to like Webster and like see what Webster says, like the definition of the word listen is. It means to, to hearken or to give an ear, to attend to, to listen closely, closely with the intent to hear, not closely with the intent to speak. Because oftentimes we listen to be able to speak because we got something to say. But if you look phonetically how listen is spelled, like listen, L-I-S-C-N, like Webster had to be a brother. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like, yo, listen. You know what I'm saying? Listen. Like, like L-I-S-N. Like, like, so it's like saying listen, but that's what I want you to do today. If you don't do anything today, I want you to listen. And when we're talking about listening, we're talking about hearing from Jesus. Everybody say hearing from Jesus. We want to make sure that you hear from Jesus. That, that's an important part. And I'm going to go ahead and tell you guys in advance, I'm a three-point preacher, which means I'm going to have three points, and then we're going to land the plane. So the first point, if you're taking notes, you can write this one down, is you have to learn to listen with your eyes. Everybody say, listen with your eyes. Let's do verses one through three. We're just going to come back and unpack this a few verses at a time. One day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowding around him and doing what? And listening. They were listening to the word of God and he did what he saw. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats belonging to Simon and he asked him to put out a little from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. I think it's interesting that it says that he asked him to put out a little from the shore. Notice the Bible doesn't say that he told him to do it. It says that he asked him to do it. And I just want to remind you that we have to understand that oftentimes when Jesus is asking us, he's asking us, but he's also reminding us and telling us. And some of you guys think, oh, well, well, I know Jesus has been nudging me to do this. He's been asking me, no, like, sir. Ma'am, like, he's been telling you to do it. In the balcony, online, like, he's been telling you to do that. You know the thing that you keep saying you're going to do on Monday? You know that, that, that relationship that you're kind of in, that you know you shouldn't be in? He's telling you that you need to do something about that relationship? You know those DMs that you've been sliding into, and he's trying to tell you that you need to quit sliding into them? You know those drugs that you're taking that, that are not prescribed to you, and you're taking above and beyond the prescription amount? There's some things that he's telling you to do. He's like, oh, well, he's just asking me to do it. I'll just get around to it. No, he's, he's, he's telling you to do it. And that's what's happening here. If we look at the text, what is what he's doing? He says, yo, you need to do this. And so when we look at the text, it just says Jesus out there. It says he saw the whole shore. But it says that he focused in on the, the, the two fishermen that had left their boats on the shore and that were out cleaning their nets. And that's a reminder that we got to understand that, that Jesus, that God sees the big picture, but he also looks at the finite details of what's uniquely going on in your situation with your diagnosis, with your relationship, with your addiction, with your anxiety, with your fear, with your worries. He looks at the little bitty details of everything that you have going on. And then that's the God we serve. So we're talking about listening with our eyes. Like, we got to pay attention because oftentimes, like, God is sending us messages. Like, we get all these things. We see all these things, but we don't want to respond to it. We see all these things coming at us, but we don't want to respond to it. We get all these signs. Like, God, just show me a sign. And he literally will, will have a, something that pops up in front of you that says, this is a sign. 
You know what I'm saying? You're like, well, no, you didn't mean that guy. You know what I'm saying? That wasn't for me. That's a sign for somebody else. You know what I'm saying? Like, Lord, just give me a sign that I'm not supposed to be doing this. And somebody immediately, the next conversation you're in, somebody texts you, says, girl, you're not supposed to be doing that. You're like, Lord, I need a sign. I need a sign. Like, but you got to listen with your eyes, and that's important. Like, my oldest son, uh, Scott Wesley Williams Jr., we call him, he goes by Wesley. He's in his first year in dental school. And so he talked about like one of the things dentists do is that they, like, they look at the whole mouth when they're doing work and proceed, but they also have to look at the finite details of working on a specific tooth. And those of you guys that are in the dental field, you know it, and maybe you've been to a dentist's office, you know it, but they, they use these glasses that are called loops, and they're really expensive. How do I know that? Because I have a son that's in dental school. I'm just saying like, and what the loops, that's Wesley right there, what the loops will allow them to do is to look at the fine details when they're working on the mouth. So they, they can see the little details of the things they need to do. They understand the big picture, but the small details matter. And so we're talking about, listen with your eyes, we're saying pay attention to the details. Like listen with your eyes. And if you think about it, like all these things, like there's so many opportunities that we have to listen to our, with our eyes, but we don't want to. And I really feel like the dental field is a good example because dentists, they have to listen with their eyes. Like when you're walking in, they're looking at your nonverbal communication. Like they know when you're like, like this, they're like you're scared of the dentist, right? And they pull out that really, really long, big needle, right? And then you're like, oh no. And so they got to listen with their eyes. And one of the things that dentists will do when they get ready to give you a shot with that really long needle, what they'll do, you know when they start shaking your jaw? That's not a medical procedure. That's just called a distraction. You know what I'm saying? That's all they're doing. They're distracting you, so like, you know, and then, and then they put, after they do the procedure, they put the gauze in, and you're like, oh, 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 oh. They got to learn to listen with their eyes. And so that's important. And so that's what you have to do as well. You have to learn to listen with your eyes. And, and think about the situations that you know that Jesus has been speaking to you. And the question is, have you been listening with your eyes? Because here's what's important to know about the eyes. Proverbs 30, 17 says it this way. The eyes are a window to the soul. I mean, think about it, like your eyes are a window to the soul. So like your eyes are the things you see. That's why when you go like to the eye doctor and they, they put you in front of the thing you're doing the eye exam, they're like, do you like one better or two? And you're like, three or four. And I'm like, All right, go back, go back. You know what I'm saying? Like A or B, C or D. And what the eye doctor is doing is they're making clicks, they're making turns, and they're making adjustments so you can do what? See better. They want you to be able to see 2020. And so when we look at the text today, we're talking about listening with your eyes. We want you to make the proper clicks, the proper turns, and the proper adjustments so you can see all that God has for you. Come on, I'm preaching better than y'all responding. And you think about these, these guys out there, I feel like they get a bad rap because they've been out there fishing all night and it says they, you know, they, they turned it in and they're like, oh, they gave up. But the, but the question is like, what were they out there doing? It says they were doing what? It's not a trick question. Yeah, they were fishing. They were cleaning their what? They were cleaning their nets. And they were cleaning their nets in preparation for what? The next day, right? They, they fished all night. They're cleaning their nets in preparation for the next day. They weren't giving up at all. They were like, yo, we're ready to come back the next day. And it's, it's called preparation. I like to say it this way. If you stay ready, you ain't got to get ready. And, and, and that's what they were doing. They were staying ready. I don't care what you're doing. Preparation is key. 
Because what we have to understand about preparation is this, is preparation will create separation, and that separation will allow you to have some revelation, and that revelation will allow you to point towards your destination. Let me say that one more time. You gotta have preparation will create separation, will allow revelation, and allow you to point towards your destination, and it's the destination that God has for you. You got to show up. Got a bad diagnosis? Clean your nets. Anxiety and depression? Clean your nets. The relationship ended? Clean your nets. Drug and alcohol addiction? Clean your nets. Been trying to get pregnant month after month, year after year, no positive pregnancy? Clean your nets. Your son or daughter has run from the Lord? Clean your nets. People at school are acting crazy, doing stuff you don't like them? Clean your nets. You don't know what's going on, the finances, you had a rough 2022, you gotta do what? You gotta clean your nets. In other words, you gotta make sure that you're prepared because I'm here to tell you that it's about being ready every single day because favor finds the faithful. Uh, some people say favor ain't fair, but I'm here to tell you that you wondering why they get all the favor? Because they're faithful. Some of you guys thinking, well, I'm just too old. I've just given up. You still got breath in your lungs. I'm here to tell you, you better be faithful. That's who the favor finds. <laughs> Second thing, if you're taking notes, is this. Second thing is you got to do what you have to listen with your ears. Everybody say, listen with your ears. <laughs> Let's go ahead and do verses four through seven. Here's what the Bible says. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, you don't understand what we've been through. Like, you don't understand what's happening. You don't understand how rough this night was. They tripping. We had bad weather. Here's the like, we're in the desert, and it's cold. Do you know what's going on? We had a storm, and all these things are happening. Do you know what they said? Did you see what was going on on social media? We did all this stuff. Do you see what's going on in our world? Do you see what happened with the election? Do you see all this stuff is crazy? Do you see all the stuff that they're saying? We've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. This is key. But what? Because you say so, I will let down the nets. This is actually where that the game Simon Says comes from. <laughs> Some of y'all missed that. Y'all help them. Y'all help them. Y'all help your neighbor. Y'all help your neighbor. Y'all help your neighbor. He said to Simon, <laughs> because you say so, when he had done so, he caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled boats, boats so full that they began to sink. So they're out there fishing. I mean, they're fishermen. That's what they do. They're out there fishing and they're ready. Ain't gonna stop me. And they're ready, and they're, and they're sitting out there, and they were fishermen. They were professionals. What they did, they went out there and they cast their nets. That's what they did. That's what I love about just reading the Bible. Because if I just read the Bible, it says they were doing what? It says that they were out there and they were casting their nets. And as they cast their nets, they were casting it, and so many different fish came, and so many filled, and it, it was full. And then they told their homies, they yelled at their homies, like, "Yo, you got to come see what's happening. You come see what's happening." And that's what's going on. You think about it, they were fishermen. And this fishing nets were their comfort zone. And so you think about like, the problem is like they came and, and they, they were trying to get in the presence of God to try to hear what he was saying. 
And the problem with many of us is we come to God trying to get something. We got to start learning to come to God just simply trying to hear something. All we need to do is to hear a word from God. Some of my greatest blessings and breakthrough came from that gentle whisper from God. Scott, do this. I'm not saying the audible voice, but that nudge, that whisper saying, don't do this. And you, you think about it, and oftentimes, like what I try to do every single morning, my, my alarm goes off at 4.13 every morning. You know, Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ. It's just a reminder every single day. Oftentimes, I get up before my alarm. It goes off at 4.13. I try to make sure that I land at the gym by 5 o'clock. I get to the gym by 5 o'clock. I do my cardio, and then when I finish, I go to the steam room. I go to the steam room anywhere between 15 minutes to 40 minutes, and that's my time to just get with God and to be able to hear from God and to to be able to get that revelation. And here's what I know, is that oftentimes the word that I get from God in those moments, it's not even for me. It's for other people. So I'll send somebody a text and say, yo, I just dropped this in my spirit. This is what God, I want to encourage you with this. And that's a reminder for you that some of the greatest blessings you have, they're not to, to go, they're, they're simply to come through you, not to go to you. They're to come through you to go to somebody else. Some of you guys, it's going to be generations that will be changed because you prayed for someone who's struggling with addiction. You prayed for someone who's far from the Lord. You prayed for your friends who's in a rough situation. You prayed for that relationship. You were trying to hear from God on behalf of someone else. But many of us, what happens is we get in our comfortable Christian chairs, you know, holding on to our comfortable Christian nets, and the blessing comes to us and we want to hold on to it. But that's not what happened there. It said, yo, they, they knew the, the, the fish were coming in, and they yelled to their homies like, yo, hey, y'all come over here and get some of this too, man. You got to come see what's happening in Mountain Park. I'm telling you, every single week, lives are being changed. You need to see what your role is in God's story. You need to come get some of this. Well, you, you got to come experience what we're experiencing. And they signaled to the others in the boat that you need to come and get some of this. And so I'm here to tell you, like, if you want to get something you never had, you have to do something that you never did. And you think about it with Jesus, like, he's sitting there, and, like, they're going, and they're, he tells them to cast it a little bit deeper. And some of you guys that were talking about, you know, listening with your ears, what you're needing to hear right now is you need to hear that you need to go a little bit deeper, that you need to be more all in. And some are like, oh, well, Pastor Scott, you know, I'm trying. Like, you know, I come to church about once every three or four weeks. He said, I need you to drop your net a little bit deeper. I need you to come to church every single week. And, you know, one, one of your values is, is being generous. You're like, well, you know, I drop a little bit in the offering bucket, but guess what? You drop more to Starbucks than you do to the church. Oh, I'm just stepping on some toes right now, but I'm just going to keep it 100 right now. You come in here, yeah, I'm telling you, you come in here and, and you cheering and you're clapping and you're sitting in your comfortable Christian chairs and, and drop your kids off at an amazing kids ministry, but you ain't willing to even serve an hour. Oh, yeah, you come to church and you come for an hour and 10 minutes and, and I, I can, God, I, I'm God, I'm going deep. I'll give you an hour and 10, but you give Netflix 15 hours a week. Oh, I'm trying to preach it because I, I mean, some of you guys don't want to hear it. What he's saying is you got to be willing to drop your nets down deep for a catch. And so that's what, that's what they did. They, they, they said, okay, we're going we're gonna to drop our nets down deep. And as they did, things begin to happen. Blessing begin to happen. Breakthrough begin to happen. 
Because when we're talking about listening to what, listen with your ears, we're talking about making sure we're listening to Jesus. We're talking about not listening to your, your favorite Instagram or TikTok influencer or your favorite book you read or your favorite thing that they said to me. We're not talking about listening to the media. We're not talking about listening to this news channel versus this news channel. That's not what we're talking about. So many times believers, we miss the boat because we're worried about this or that and trying to pit this person against that person. What we got to do is making sure that we're listening to what Jesus says. Because listening to what Jesus says is the only way you're going to get what Jesus does. Sometimes you're listening to all the wrong places. Matter of fact, I'm just going to be honest. And we're also not talking about listening to your horoscope. Oh, yeah, you said, oh, let me go ahead and park there then. I'm glad you said, oh, you know what I'm saying? Let me go ahead Let me go ahead and step on some toes right now because, again, I told you I was here with a package to deliver, and it said deliver the word of God. It didn't talk about deliver some happy feelings because happy feelings are not going to get you into heaven. I'm here to tell you that right now. And so some of you guys, like, like we, you know, your horoscope, and I'm just going to be honest, like, you know, like maybe, and some of you guys, it's maybe the first time you've heard this. Maybe it's something that mama and daddy and them did. Like, oh, I just, you know what I'm saying? Just, just what we need to do. I just kind of, I just play around with it. I mean, there's this Christian rapper. His name is Kieran the Light. And, and he, he's kind of blown up in TikTok, Instagram. He's probably like, he, I mean, he just keeps it real. Keeps it a buck, but he preaches the Bible, right? And, and one, one of his songs called Witchcraft 2, he says, somebody need to go and give God an apology because we ignore his prophecies and just worship astrology. I don't care if you're an Aquarius or Sagittarius. God did not create it. He probably thinks it's hilarious. I'm just going to be honest. I'm sorry if that's offending you, but, but it's important that you know. And some of you guys, well, well, Pastor Scott, it's not that big deal. I just kind of play with it. And then, oh, you want to know what the Bible says about it? I'm glad you asked. Okay, one second. Let me just give it to you because don't take it from me. Isaiah 47, here's what the Bible says is this. All the counsel that you has received has only worn you out. Let your astrologers come forward, those stargazers who make predictions month by month. Let them save you from what's coming up on you. Surely they are like stubble. The fire will burn them up. They cannot even save themselves from the power of the flame. These are not coals of warmth. This is not a fire to sit by. I love that the text gives a visual that's so relevant for today. In other words, these are not coals of warmth. I know it's, it's just comfortable. It just makes me feel good to read my daily horoscope, right? But the Bible said, look, don't even play with it. Don't even warm up to it. Maybe you've done it up to this point. And here's the deal. Like a lot of people, I go to church and preach, and they'll comment on my stuff, and I see their Instagram, and they got Aquarius or Sagittarius or whatever in their profile, right? Christian with that. I'm just telling you, this ain't what Scott's saying. This is what the Bible is saying. As a matter of fact, think about it. Think about it. If, if, uh, if, the, if the disciples were there, they were in the boats that day, and they listened to their daily horoscope, and it read something like this. It was, they, they read it in the, the Daily Israelite, and it said, the fish will be light and the worry will be plenty. I probably wouldn't be preaching this message to you today, Right? Here's the deal, like, the reason why some of you guys wonder why you're catching the things that you're catching is because that's what you've bought, that's what you've caught. And you got to quit buying things that are not from the Word of God and things that are not from Jesus, and that's why sometimes you find yourself in a situation that you're in. 
You can't do that. I mean, you think about it, like oftentimes that's, that's why we find ourselves in these situations where we're like, oh, why, why is this happening? Because we're messing around and dabbling things that are not of God. And you think about it, matter of fact, if, if it's important, because we're talking about connecting to the right things. As a matter of fact, if you look at some version of the Bible, when it talks about them casting their nets, it says that, that he told them to, to throw it on the right side of the boat and let it down for a catch. And some people, I think, feel like he's talking about right, left or right, but I believe he's talking about right or wrong. Some of you guys, you're throwing it on the wrong side of the boat, and that's why you're not catching the big fish. That's why you're not catching the blessings. That's why you're not catching the breakthrough. It's talking about throwing it on the right side. It's talking about getting right. And I'm here to tell you that if you will get right, you won't have to swipe right. Uh, old folks, just ask the young people what I mean by that. You know what I'm saying? But, um, <laughs> and then one more thing on horoscopes. The reason why it's called a horoscope is because it's a scary look, a horror scope. Anyway, back to the word of God. Last thing you're taking notes is this, is you got to listen with your heart. Everybody say, with your heart. Verse 8. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord, I'm a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken, and so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, what did he say? He said, don't be afraid, don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled up their boats up on the shore, left everything, and followed him. And this is when they will play on the keys behind me to make me sound more spiritual <laughs> as I close. My man got that hat, you know what I'm saying? And this is in the black church is when we say, we're about to land the plane. In the black church, that means we got another two hours and 30 minutes. <laughs> and the Lord said, aha! Anyway, but uh, <laughs> all right, we can really go there. My man, we go. <laughs> okay, let me go back to the text, okay. So they pulled up their boats on the shore. They left everything and followed him. If we're looking at what this message is about today, it's about listening with your eyes, your ears, and your heart. Everybody say eyes. eyes. Ears. ears. Heart. heart. Eyes, ears, heart. Eyes, ears, heart heart. If you don't remember anything else today, just remember that's how you want to listen because you got to make sure that you're in tune with all your senses to be able to hear what God wants to speak to you. And so it's kind of like one of the things that breaks my heart is when I go preach to a crowd this size and so many people online all around the world, there's so many people, what breaks my heart is there's so many people that if life were to end today, they'd miss heaven by 12 inches because they have a head knowledge, but they don't have a heart acceptance. And some of you guys, that's going to change for the first time today because you're going to make that decision here in a little bit. But it's important, and it kind of think, I was thinking, like, what's the best illustration I could use for you guys to remember this mess? I thought about getting a stethoscope for everybody, but Pastor Charlton said it wasn't in the budget. Anyway, but, um, but what happens is, is what, what the doctors are doing or the nurses when they have the, the stethoscope, what they do is they, they place it on the heart, they place it on the heart, and what they're doing is they're, they're listening for that abnormal third sound or that irregular rhythm as with the heartbeat. It's associated with, with heart disease or heart failure or cardiac arrest. And so what they're saying is, is they're listening to see if the heart is beating too fast and they're trying to see if it's beating too slow. 
But what they, what they don't want is just kind of the same thing for us. We want to make sure that when we're following Jesus, that we're not getting out ahead of Jesus. Because many of you guys, you're trying to get out ahead and do things that Jesus hadn't called you to do. You're trying to go places that Jesus hadn't called you to go yet. And then others of you, Jesus is telling you clearly this is what you need to do. And you're staying back here. You're saying, well, I'll wait till Monday. But I'm here to remind you that delayed obedience is disobedience. And many of you guys, this is where you're at. But you want to make sure that you're right in the middle, that you're in step and that you're in tune with what Jesus has called you to do. And that's what you got to do. You got to make sure that you're in rhythm with the heart. So Peter says, I'm a sinful man. He realized that his heart was off. He didn't truly lean all in and trust Jesus. And the bottom line is what Peter's saying is I'm insecure. I'm telling you, until you find your security in Jesus, you're always going to be insecure. As a matter of fact, if you look at the root of sin, almost every single time it's based in insecurity. You're, you're out drinking with your partners and doing stuff that you know you shouldn't be doing because you want to keep up with the Jones because you want to be insecure. You're in debt up to your eyeballs because you're trying to, to please people that don't care with money you don't have. You're, you're doing things with your body that you know are not honoring God because you're insecure. You're having anxiety and unrest because you're insecure, worried about what everybody else thinks. You're using drugs and alcohol to numb the pain because you're too insecure to step forward with the boldness to know that I need to address some of the issues that I've been dealing with that I, I need to let go of. And that's what you got to, I mean, that's where sin always comes from. Matter of fact, if you look at the first three letters of insecurity, you have S-I-N in there. Because that's the root of, that's where it's going to come from. And so, you think about it. Whatever it is that you've fallen into, if it's sin, and we're talking about getting to the heart of the matter, it's insecurity. A little bit, I, Pastor Charlton mentioned that I'm, I'm an author. I have a best-selling book. It's, it's about fasting, and it's about the life of Daniel. It's called Fast Like Daniel. It's about a 21-day fast, kind of doing the fast, like after Daniel's life, how he did it. And, and I have a, a reading plan on the YouVersion Bible app, and so people from around the world are always reading. I, I mean, I'll get like 100 emails a month of people just saying, hey, this is how it impacted my life, what I did. And so I remember as I was preparing this message, I was reading one of those, and I received this, this message from a guy, and he says, my name is Stephen Stroll. I'm 36, happily married to my wife, Maria, and father of our four amazing little children, ages six, four, two, and nine months, the Stroll Patrol. I've attended Glades for the past 10 years, and that's where I was introduced to you, and I must say, I never miss a week when you're in town. Your services are funny, connecting, and down to earth. Unexpectedly, I was recently diagnosed with stage four non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. It's in my eye glands, neck, abdomen, and bone. Quite a shock. I learned about fasting and its benefits, so I'm currently at a medically supervised fasting facility in Northern California to give it a try. Leaving my family and work behind, I'm, only, I'm on my 21st day and just concluded reading your book. And he mentioned that he's never written a message like this before. He said he was not, he's in the tech industry, but he felt compared to kind of compelled to write this message and to kind of share what was going on with the story. And he said he wrote it as though a sermon, as though he's reading it to an entire congregation. And I'm not going to read the whole thing. I'll maybe share it on my Instagram if you want to follow there. It's Scott OKC. But I'm just going to read a portion of it because I really think it'll speak to the message today. Good morning. I have cancer. Three words that no one wants to recite. Usually those three words are filled with accompanying feelings of fear, anxiety, and unknown. I'm going to explain how fasting and prayer led me to go deeper than ever before to find pay dirt. And he talked about this, the show they watch is called Gold Rush by Show of Hands here and those of you online, how many of you guys have seen Gold Rush watch it? 
And what he talked about with Gold Rush is that these, these, these groups, that they go out, these miners, they go out and they, they dig and they have to do all these different MacGyver things to try to go and, and to find gold. And, and what happens is it, it never fails that they're, they're digging and they never dig deep enough to get down to the pay dirt. And so he said he felt like that was a great analogy of this situation. He said, I think this show is a great analogy to how fasting and prayer had led me to not give up in the face of adversity and dig deeper to reach my pay dirt. But on my 21st day, not the third, not the 14th, not the 20th, but on my 21st day of water fasting, I had a revelation. By taking time to fast and with prayer, I think that God was telling me that I haven't reached my pay dirt yet and I need to keep on digging. You see, the answer to my healing isn't just trying to physically eat well, exercise, and fast. But if you dig just one layer deeper, I think I may find that my spirit needs to be healed before my immune system can be healed. Once I fully restore my spiritual relationship with God, that will in turn give me the faith, the belief, and the fearlessness and confidence to fight this battle. Then and only then, we have an opportunity to strike goal and to proclaim to the world that the doctors didn't heal me, my own physical rigorous actions didn't heal me, but it was God who kept his promises and he is the one who healed me. So I don't know what you came in here with today, but what this message reminds us that, and that you need to go a little bit deeper. I know we read prayer cards earlier of leukemia and some of you guys are wondering these things that you came in with, the reminder is, is that you need to go deeper, that you need to dig deeper, that you need to take your nets and that you need to drop them deeper my friends, I don't know what you came here with today. I don't know what the questions that you have today, but I'm here to tell you that the answers are Jesus. You got to just make sure that you dig down deep and that you get to the pay dirt. Maybe you've been holding on to, man, you ain't forgiven somebody. It's unforgiveness. Maybe it's drug or alcohol. Maybe it's sin. Maybe it's worry. Maybe it's confusion. Maybe it's racism. I don't know what you've been holding on to, but God sent me thousands of miles just to remind you. But you need to take your nets, get out of your comfort zone, and drop them down deep. But he also want to remind you that once you do, sir, a couple right there, once you do, you have a catch so big in the balcony, you're going to have a catch so big that your nets won't even be able to contain it. And that's the Jesus that we serve. Let's give a hand clap for Jesus today. Let's all just go to our Heavenly Father in prayer. Father, I thank you so much for your word. God, thank you for the clarity in your word. I thank you for the timelessness of your word, God. For those all across this room, I share, and everybody listening online, in the balcony, I want you to be honest. You say, you know what? I haven't, I haven't gone deep enough. Like, I, I need to go. I need to do better. I need to do a better job of listening with my eyes, my ears, and my heart. And Jesus, I'm just coming to you today and say, man, I want the rest of this year to be different because I'm committed to, to doing a little more, to going deeper and to opening my eyes, ears, and heart. If that's you and that's your prayer across this room, just raise your hand high right now so I can pray over you. Almost every single hand raised. God, I pray for every single hand that's lifted right now, God. I pray for every single person that says, you know what, God, they're committed to, to making a difference. God, I pray that you would open their spiritual eyes. God, I pray that you would open your spiritual ears. More importantly, I pray that you would 
would open their heart, God. I pray that they that blessing and breakthrough would come up on their life. Lord, if they just say a negativity has been a story of my life, L after L after L after L, as they make a decision to lean into you, God, I pray that their story is W after W after W after W that's blessing and breakthrough and blessing and breakthrough and blessing and breakthrough. Don't let them get through this week, God, without revealing yourself to them. Still in an attitude of prayer with heads still bowed and eyes still closed. And put your hands down now. This is the most important part of our time together. You can still stay standing. I mentioned earlier one of the things that breaks my heart is that I know that in a room this size, there's so many people that if life were to end today, they'd miss heaven by 12 inches because they have a head knowledge, but they don't have a heart acceptance. And here in a few moments, some of you guys have the opportunity to, to make the most important decision of your entire life. And, and I didn't do this at the, the last service, but I, I'm, I feel like the Lord's telling me to do it at this service. There's many of you in here, in a few moments, you're going to make the decision to surrender your life to Jesus. I'm not asking you, have you ever sang a Christian song? Have you done a good deed? Have you gave a panhandler money? Have you come to Mountain Park Church? I'm asking you, have you ever truly surrendered your life to Jesus? And some of you guys, you can't answer that question with an emphatic yes. But here in a few moments, you have the opportunity to do so. You have the opportunity to do so, and you're going to make the decision to surrender your life to Jesus today. So if you're here today and say, man, I'm sick and tired of playing the church games, you want to invite Jesus to come into your life. So if you're here today and say, Jesus, I want you to come into my life. I want you to be my Lord. I want you to be my Savior. I want you to wash my sins away, and I want you to make me brand new. If that's you and that's your prayer right where you are right now, I want you to raise your hand high right now. Raise your hand high right now and keep it up. I just want to acknowledge you. Raise your hand high right now and keep it up. Raise your hand high right now and keep it up. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do something a little bit different. It's going to make some of you guys uncomfortable. We're not going do anything weird. I just want you to come down here in the presence of God. I really feel like God is doing something different right now. If you're making a decision to surrender your life to Jesus right now, I just want you to walk to the front. I just want you to walk to the front right now, and we're just going to pray with you. We're just going to pray with you. If you made the decision to surrender your life to Jesus, the Bible says, look, if you stand before me in front of man, I'm going to stand for you, for my Father in heaven right now. Just come down. We're not going to do anything weird. We're just going to pray a prayer with you. You're making a decision to surrender your life to Jesus. Come on, clap it up right now. If you made that decision, I just want you to come down right now. Others of you in the balcony, we'll wait for you. Others of you, I just want you to come down right now. If you're making a decision to surrender your life to Jesus, I want you to come down right now. Others of you, in the balcony, we'll wait for you. Come on down right now. I saw more hands going up than I see people coming down. Keep clapping them. Come on on the keys. Give me a little something there. Let's just keep clapping. There's churches that will go their entire existence, and what's happening right here will not happen. I'm telling you, this ain't normal. This ain't normal. If, if that's you and you want to make the decision to surrender your life to Jesus, we'll wait for you. Just come on down, and then we're going to pray a bold prayer. With everyone who's making the decision to surrender your life to Jesus. Some of you guys, for the first time, some of you guys are coming back to the Lord. But I'm telling you, the angels in heaven, they're celebrating right now as folks are making the decision to surrender their life to Jesus today. Your lives are going to be different. This, this decision is going to change generations. And you're here boldly in front of your church family. One thing about Mountain Park is we're a family. You're a family. That's part of your values. And you're, here's the deal. But you're about to step into the most amazing family that there is. And that's stepping into the family of God as you become sons and daughters of Jesus. As your name becomes written in the Lamb's book of life. So here's what we're going to do, Mountain Park Church. We're going to pray this prayer out loud in faith together with those who are making the decision to follow Jesus that came down and those of you who stayed in your seat but you're still going to pray this prayer for the first time and mean it with everything in you. And what we're going to do is we're going to pray it boldly out loud with everything in us, loudly where they can hear us in the children's ministry. Then at the end, we're going to celebrate. Ma'am, wipe those tears away. Generations are changed because of your decision today. Young lady, you too. So I want every single person under the sound of my voice. I'm telling you, God's got something for you, ma'am. To repeat this prayer loudly after me saying, Heavenly Father, 
Come on, you can do better than that. Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus who died on the cross for my sins. Today I choose to make Jesus my Lord and my Savior. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Change me and make me brand new. In Jesus' name I pray. Come on, Mountain Park Church. Come on. Let's give it up for changed lives. Come on now. Come on. We serve an amazing God. Y'all are louder than that at a Suns games right now. We're winning generations that just happened right now. Come on. This is an amazing church. I'm telling you. 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 Invite people through these doors. That's what Easter is about. And for those of you guys who just made the decision, Pastor Charles is going to give you what the next steps are. Ma'am, I'm telling you, I'm, I don't know your stories, but God does. And your boldness today, and here's the deal, it's not some magic potion, but I promise you this, walking with Jesus is the answer. Let's give it up for everybody who made the decision to follow Jesus today. Amen, amen. Come on, let's clap our hands louder for these people. You guys are amazing, beautiful. Can we say thank you to Pastor Scott Williams? Come on. Amen. Can we say thank you to Jesus? Amen. Go ahead and be seated really quickly. We're not going to keep you too long. There's no one moving around. Uh, those of you that raised your hand and said yes to Jesus, yes, what I want you to do, I want you to take your phone out. Maybe you didn't come up front and you said yes to Jesus today. Maybe it was not the first time that you've done it, but today you know it's real. You're ready to come home. I want you to get your phone out. I want you to text yes to Christ. And it's on the screen to the, to the number 77411. Online, you can do this too. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to do that because this week I want to call you. I want to call you and pray with you. I want to call, encourage you, maybe talk to you about a next step. Because here at Mountain Park, we're family. And sometimes we need family to get around us. And sometimes just a simple prayer. Maybe you need to talk. Maybe, you, Pastor, what do I do next? And let us help you take your next step. Because as Pastor Scott shared, as you throw the net, you threw the net on the other side, the right side today. You're going to go deeper. You went a little deeper. God's got so much more for you. Amen. And so, again, I, I'm so excited. Let's believe this Easter we're going to see so many more raise their hands and throw their nets on the right side. Amen. Let's invite them, church. Let's see what God can do. Amen. So if you raised your hand, please make sure you text. I look forward to chatting more with you uh, during this week. We're going to get ready to give right now. And uh, I love what Pastor Scott said. Sometimes we give a little here and we give more at Starbucks. I know I don't because I don't like Starbucks. I like BlackRock, though. <laughs> but how true is it? It's really about priorities and perspective. You know, when you give to the kingdom, when you give to God through your finances, number one, you're declaring, God, you're my source. When you tithe, you're saying, God, you're my source, not my job. Jobs come and jobs go, but God's provision never stops. He takes care of those that are His. But when you're giving, you're saying, God, I'm a part of what you're doing. And what you're doing is reaching people that don't know you. Because at the end of the day, money and stuff doesn't go to heaven. People do. People do. That's what we're sowing in today. Helping others, inviting others to realize their role in God's story. Amen. So you know the ways to give. Ushers can come forward. You can text to give. If you're online watching right now, you can give online. There's an envelope in the seat pocket in front of you. Whatever it is today, 
you're not giving to man, you're giving to God, and God's gonna take this and use it to, try, to change and transform other lives. So let's pray. Father, we thank you today. Thank you today as Matthew chapter 6, verse 33 says, if we seek first the kingdom, your kingdom, everything else in our life, God, you'll take care of. You know our needs today, but we're choosing to put you first. So God, would you bless the seed that is given, the tithe, the offering, God, and may it be used, God, for your glory and your honor. It may be used to reach many more people with the good news of Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Amen.